Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Best Got Beat Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Luke Hatfield, I am joined by Warsaw Correspondent here at the Express and Star, Joe Massey. Joe, where is my coffee? Oh, good point. <laughs> that is funny after last night. That is funny. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. This is a guy who, uh, for those of you who didn't watch the Warsaw video yesterday following the friendly with Aston Villa, didn't get me a coffee before the video. I was like, okay, okay, it's fine. I mean, I'll, I can deal with that. But then he rocks up to a podcast with a coffee. I've got a nice Greg's latte. Yeah, didn't I've even, not got you one, have I? Didn't even offer me one. Did I not offer? You didn't offer me? I'll tell you why I didn't offer, because you were chatting at your desk, you were away from your desk and chatting away for ages. I went out and I came back and you were still, like, on, on someone else's desk. Are you accusing me of not doing work? Accusing you of flirting with somebody. <laughs> with it? <laughs> I can't believe this. Unbelievable. Sorry, I'll buy you a coffee, I'll buy you a coffee tomorrow. I feel no. like I do actually owe you one now. No, 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 it's fine. We can, we can, we can work this into some sort of bet, I'm sure. Um... Hottest day of the year, and we're cooped up in, in an office Not in Wolverhampton. Not even noticed. The air conditioning is pretty good in here, Aircon isn't it? Aircon armour in an office with no windows, aren't we? Literally no windows yeah. where we are. Could be snowing outside for all we know. Yeah. Literally got no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, shame, isn't that? Should do it outside, shouldn't we? We should have done it outside. That'd have been nice. <laughs> yeah, we could. That. Should we just go down to the smoking area? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, let's... I mean... <sighs> Let's get on to business, shall we? Um, banter section over. Oh, good. Yeah, as, as, he's taken off his glasses now. He yeah. knows. Serious he knows we're getting business. into the serious yeah. business. Um, okay, what we're going to do with this episode is we're doing we're doing a big league two preview, but we're going to start, of course, by talking about preseason games. Um, and we were at one last night. Both myself and you uh, were there witnessing Walsall take on Aston Villa and um, League Two versus Premier League. It didn't. <laughs> let's just say it went the way a lot of people would have expected it to. Uh, yes, it did. Um, it's a, it's an interesting one uh, for me personally. Like, I, I think like you forget, like you do forget, like how good these footballers actually are. Um, Premier League footballers. We've obviously watched League One now for how many years? Four years of also watched Shrewsbury the year before that in League Two, um, and like I've obviously watched a bit of Championship. And obviously you see them on the TV, um, but it just doesn't do it justice, does it, on the TV? You just don't actually realise. Mm. how good these players are and obviously I, I'm at Walsall every week so you don't get to see them but I mean Daryl Clark summed it up I've always thought what he said actually but I mean he just summed it up by saying that when you've got a Premier League player they have a bit of everything don't they like, I mean they are their speed of thought they are they are, they do think they see things League 1, League 2 players just don't see Yeah, they do it all quicker and even physically they're bigger they're stronger and they're quicker. I mean, there was one or two times where, to me, it looked like a Walsall player was going to get to the ball and the Villa player got there first. Um, but yeah, look, everyone's going to know all that. Look, the truth is, they were, look, I mean, Wesley was 22 million. Yeah. I mean, you're buzzing, aren't you, today? Because you're a Villa fan and the signings you're making, you're jumping for joy. Uh, I am, yeah. I, I, walked into, I walked into the studio that we're in, um, uh, endearingly known as The Bubble, um, and the first thing I said was Aston Villa are doing bits in the transfer market. They have spent a lot of money this summer. Yeah, yeah. They've spent over a hundred million pounds of, of Walsall over their entire history. Spent half of that. No, no, but a quarter of that. No, so that's the league we're in, isn't it? That's the way it goes. I mean, we're not, we're not, we can't compete with those teams um, at this moment in time until we get taken over by some multi-billionaire, which I'm sure one day will come, but. Yeah, so there we go. It was Villa, it was 5-1. They were absolutely clinical. They were ruthless. I've got to say, 
just on the game. I said in the video, I thought Walsall really, really stuck to their principles. I actually thought they started well the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, actually, had the first chance, Josh Gordon sort of um, found himself in some space, fired over from 20 yards. But, yeah, then the quality just told and, and Villa clinical. But like I said, Walsall stuck to their principles. It's clear what they're going to do with Daryl Clark this season. They're going to play a high line. They're going to press. Um, they're going to press high up the pitch. They're going to try and win the ball high up the pitch. They're going to try and force teams into mistakes. And they're going to try and win win possession in really, really dangerous areas. They did it in Poland, actually, um, in the friendly against Odra Opel. Um, I could talk about that game all day because it was fascinating. Mm. Um, but they did. that's what they did there to, to great success, really. And I'm absolutely sure that is what they're going to do in League 2 next season. And the truth is, they're not going to come up against anything anywhere near the quality of Villa. Um, not necessarily make the third round of the of the cup. No, true. But I, would, I it sounds ridiculous because it was five one. But I think there was, I think it was, there was a lot of positives from last night. Mm. Um, I really do. Um, you just you got you got to accept where you are in the food chain, and at this moment in time, the Premier League is a long, long, long way away. Yeah, certainly. Um, I was going to ask because there were positives to take, but does a defeat like that in pre-season knock the confidence a little bit? Do you think, or is it one which you just kind of you know water under the bridge? Um, well, I asked Marsha that. We've got the Marsha column tomorrow. And mm. I, that was, that's the only question I would, would ask from it, really, is when you do are on a heavy defeat like that, will, it, will you, like, confidence take a blow? And he said no. He said, like, that the Villa Walsall friendly is, like, a yearly thing, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, and he said that, like, he played, and he played the first other game at Vescott was a friendly against Villa, which he played. And he said they were, they were um, and he's played against them and he's lost. And he said all it does is inspire you. Mm. He says, you just see those players, you see how level they're at, and you think, no, I, I want to be at that level, I want to improve. Even if you're not going to make that level, it's, it's a sort of a wake-up call and tells you how much better you, you can do and how much better you can be. So I think it'll just be an inspiration. You, you've got to, in pre-season, play different teams. Yeah, you, There's no point in playing against the non-league side every week where you're going to have all the ball um, and they're going to just sort of break up play and, and stifle you. You've got to have every different type of test. So they've had that non-league test. Walsall, now they've had a test against Premier League, Premier League side. Saturday, of course, they've got a test against Tranmere. And it's only in those scenarios that you learn. So it's, a, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a part of pre-season. But yeah, I don't think, having spoken to Marshy and a player who's been involved in the game like that, I don't think it'll affect their confidence at all. Yeah, and you got to think of it in a number of other ways as well. I mean, the amount of fans who went into the, the Manxes yesterday, it's going to brought in a little bit of cash. 8,400. Um, fans are yesterday yeah a bit of money yeah I mean we all know what that'll mean uh, Jeff Bonser will love that so oh yeah he will it's a bit more cash in the back pocket fingers crossed it goes to Daryl Clark but um, yeah that's it's, it's a great it's, a, it's an ideal friendly isn't it it's an mm. ideal friendly Villa fans I think they enjoyed it yeah Walsall fans it's great test for Walsall there's plenty of people in the banks so yeah alright the result was disappointing let's be honest but it's still a successful day I'd say still saw a decent goal from the man with the beard <coughs> the man with the beard yeah really good goal yeah really really good goal and he is going to be a hell of a player for us Stuart mm. Sinclair he is going to be a hell of a player he, um, I think I might have said that on the last podcast but he reminds me of Adam Chambers yeah um, in his peak um, and we all know how integral he was to that side that finished third in League One I think Stuart Sinclair is just him and James Clark are my real I think they're just Massive, massive silence for us. Decent, decent. Um, let's get on to um, Daryl Clark. What he said after the game, and not great news, but news we probably all expected that they'd had a 
bid accepted um, for George Dobson. He's on his way. The way we understand it could be any time now, right? Well, literally, the phone could ring, couldn't it? We are expecting it. What time is it now? Half past three almost on Thursday. You'll be listening to this um, what, whenever, whenever, Thursday evening. Might might have already happened. Might have already happened. Probably will have already happened, if we're being honest. Um, we thoroughly expect George Dobson to be announced as a Sunderland player today. Um, this is not going to be a popular opinion. It's not. Ooh. I'm pleased for him. I'm really, really pleased for him. Um, look. He's a really people don't like me saying on the podcast. I've had a bit, I've had a bit of criticisms for saying he's a smashing lad. He's a good lad. He is a really good lad, George. Like the best of the best. He is. He's. He's a really nice boy. He's done everything he possibly can for Walsall in terms of he's always given his all. He's. He's developed as a player. They're going to make a massive, massive profit on him. You'd like to think. Look, I think he's getting a little bit of criticism because at the end of last season. After, when we went down at Shrewsbury, he was the man who came out and did the post-match interview. That's yeah. 21-year-old George Dobson, our captain. I mean, he was 21 years old. He shouldn't really be in that position in the first place, let's be honest. Like, yeah. At 21, being the captain of a relegated side. But that says a whole host of things about the character of the team last season. George came out and quite rightly, he said, the aim has to be to bounce back. We've gone down. The focus fully is on getting Walsall back into League One. Now, he he meant those words. He genuinely meant those words. Yeah. He wasn't expecting... He probably wasn't expecting someone like Sunderland to come in and table an offer. Um, and the truth is, like, he's... I don't know if it's extreme to say he's going to quadruple his wages. No, I'd probably say that's um, fair. Like, he's probably definitely going to treble them. Um, he's going to the league above. He's going to a team that plays in front of 30,000 people every week. Um, genuine, genuine shot at winning promotion to the championship. He will back himself to play. It's a fantastic move for him. It is a fantastic move, and I know Walsall fans are hurt that he isn't staying around. Um, but I think it's just a too big an opportunity for him to turn down. I think he's got to go for it. I don't know what people would expect him to say after relegation. Had he come out and spoken to yourself, other members of the press, if he'd have said, "Well, we'll all have to review our positions at the club," you know, will will we consider, you know, am I going to look to make a move? This and that. If he had said that at the time, yeah, imagine the reaction then. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. That's where it all stems from, isn't it? Like he's he's twenty one years old. He should never have been captain in the first place. But he was, he's a responsible boy, and he, he he sort of carried that captaincy on his shoulders. And he didn't want to do that interview. I mean, I do get on with him. I, I do really like him. But the truth is, after that game, he's just been relegated. He didn't want to come out and speak to me. None of the players did, but he did because yeah. he was captain. And he, and he shouldered that responsibility because that is the type of lad and character he is. Um, and he had to say that, and and, and circumstances changed. Like I, like, like I said, I don't think he would have thought then probably that Sunderland were going to bid for him, but they have. Um, obviously, they had the bid rejected, and he has to leave. But I don't think I don't think you can hold him back, and I, and I think not letting him go to Sunderland would be holding him back um, with the money that's with the money that's on on offer. And and the truth is, do we really need him? He's a look, he's a very very good player. Very on, on his day, he, he, he can be excellent in League One there's no doubt about that but we're looking alright in the middle of the park we mm. are looking alright I mean 
Stuart Sinclair, I'll talk about him all day. I think he's going to be fantastic. Liam Kinsella, absolutely love him. Danny Guthrie, on the ball. I mean, talking to people at Walsall, the quality he has got on the ball. We know he's going to be a quality player. He's played in the Premier League. But there's very, very few players at that level who are so comfortable with two feet, who can play both ways. They can, And Danny Guthrie is going to be able to do that for Walsall. There's not going to be many players in League Two that can do it. And then Alfie Bates... He's had an absolutely outstanding pre-season. Absolutely outstanding. Um, so while I think, look, if everyone's on top form, there's no doubt about it, George Dobson plays. Um, also would be stronger with him. But it, midfield, central midfield is not our priority at the minute. We're mm. okay there. We're, we're, not, we're, we're better than okay. We're good there. We're strong there. Um, we, we need to be looking at strikers, if we're being honest. And yeah. I think the truth is, Walsall... By and large, over history, they've allowed players to use the club as a stepping stone. This is what they buy players, they develop them, they move them on. That's what they're doing with George Dobson. Um, hopefully, he'll get a very good fee for him. And I just think it's in everyone. It's just everyone's best interest to move on. Yeah, and as long as that money is getting reinvested <laughs> in the club, then you think it's. I mean, it might be a wrench to see him leave, but it's a winner all round, isn't it? Well, yeah, Mass always a big question of Walsall, isn't it? I mean, we're still not. I'm not. Um, we're not hundred. I'm still not hundred percent sure if it's still this fifty-fifty business where fifty percent of transfer fees go into the playing budget, fifty percent into the infrastructure. No, they were the club were definitely looking at getting that changed um, because I think they felt that more money had to be going into the playing side. But yeah, look, Clark wants to make signings. We, we, from what we expect, well, I spoke to him last night after the game. He hinted that a couple of silence are very, very close. A uh, little bit of a podcast exclusive, maybe even before oh, Tranmere. Poddy exclusive? Poddy exclusive. I mean, I'm going to put it out tomorrow morning anyway. Um, but we're, we're expecting silence before Tranmere. We're certainly expecting them before Northampton. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, yeah, but we're, we're still probably going to want more. Like, I don't know who's coming in over the next like, 24, 48 hours, whatever it is, but we're gonna need, we need a striker. Categorically, we need a striker. Um, and if the Dobson money's reinvested to help Clark get the striker he needs, sorry, just bang the chair, um, I think, really, it's good business and makes sense. Mm, certainly. Um, right, let's get on to our big League 2 preview, Joe. Okay. How I'm going to start this is... I'm going to ask you about certain areas of the squad and you're going to tell me whether you think they're prepared for the League 2 season. Okay. Do you like it? Not yeah, the idea? Yeah, yeah. I, think we're, I do think we're pretty close, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Well, good to see. Uh, are Walsall prepared for the League 2 season in goal, Joe? Yes, I think so. Um, massive, massive season for Liam Roberts. Absolutely massive. Um, people who listen will know I'm a big fan of him. I think he's got everything he needs to be a good keeper. Spoke to a couple of goalkeeping coaches who say they're a bit surprised by the, the dip in form we had last season. They do think he's championship quality. He's got the potential to be in the championship. So there's no doubt the raw the the, 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 the like the raw attributes are there with Liam Roberts, mm. but there's no doubt his confidence took a hit last season. Jack Rose has come in. I mean, from what I'm hearing, it's, it's, there's nothing between them. Um, yeah. We think Liam Roberts will start the season as number one, but he is under immense pressure. Immense pressure for that for that shirt so I think we've got I think that should bring out the best in Liam Roberts hopefully this Jack Rose hasn't come to mess about he wants to play um, so I think we've got two decent keepers there normally works best that doesn't it if you've got two very good goalkeepers because otherwise you just end up with one goalkeeper who knows he's going to be in this squad every week yeah. and one who's <clears throat> sitting there thinking well 
I'm getting paid to watch football games here. Yeah, yeah. And I think like a lot of things with Liam Roberts is the age. Like keepers do get better with age. I've said it a million times, but if like a winger, twenty four year old winger, if they if their their form fluctuated as Liam Roberts's did last season, you wouldn't notice it as much. Mm. It's only because it was a keeper, and you're gonna have these <clears throat> you're gonna have these issues that at his age form is gonna is gonna come and go a little bit. He's not gonna have that consistency. Yeah. Um, so I think last season will be a big will have been a bit of big learning curve for him. Um, and hopefully he'll really kick on now. Who do you think will start first game? I do think Roberts will start, but I think he has to, he has to show the form that he showed when he first uh, displaced Mark Gillespie when he got that number one spot. Mm. I think he has to show that form, otherwise he will be he will be he'll have to he'll have another spell out the side. Big season for him. <laughs> um, what about the back defensively? Very very happy with defence. Happy. Very very, very 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 happy with it. James Clark is our sign of the summer for me. Um, I think he's I think he's the player we've been missing for so long. Such, such a good player. Um, to me, he's probably our best defender since James O'Connor. Um, and I, I really like him. I think he's got it all. I do. And he's, he's surprisingly quick. He's just so, just makes it look easy. Makes it look so so easy. Matt Sadler, great addition. Mm. Um, Dan Scar. Point to make about Dan Scar. I mean, for Dan Scar to play alongside James Clark and Matt Sadler, what a win that is for yeah. him. Um, like relative, I mean, he's a good age, Dan Scar, but relatively inexperienced. Um, I've been been in non-league and I'm, he didn't really play for Blues at all in his time there. <clears throat> so I have Matt Sadler one side and James Clark the other, guiding him through games. And like physically, Dan Scar's got it. He's a he's a strong, strong lad. Um, we all know he's a no-nonsense defender, but I think with those two either side of him, absolutely massive um, for him. Um, I think. We will sign another centre back. Yeah. Because um, it looks like Clark will play three regularly um, during the season. So I think he'll want another one to compete there. But we've also got Callum Cockrell Moller, who's had an, an absolutely outstanding um, pre season, done really well at left centre back and really well at either left wing back or left back. Corey Roberts, still a bit away from the first team like in terms of fitness, but he will come back this season. Um, so I just think I'm really, really pleased, really pleased with defence. I think Cameron Pring at left wing back looks a real, real addition. Mm. Um, I think he looks he's looked really, really good. Um, and then the right side is the issue. I think Cameron Norman will start. Shea Facey has not had a great preseason, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, he hasn't. He looks like he still needs to get up to speed. So I think Cam Norman has got a real opportunity there to to make that position his own. <clears throat> Was it Cockrell Mollet that had the clash of heads? Yeah, that sounded horrific. Yeah, that it did. did sound bad when they because when they went up and they it sounded like it's I, I can't even describe the sound, but it, it sound it just sounded bad. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it either. It was it was a strange sound. It was it was almost like if you were um, <coughs> if you were to almost punch a wall, like a, just a, yeah. a solid kind of thump. But like it wasn't like it, the moment they went down. I, I think every I think everyone was because even the the entirety of the crowd just went dead silent for a second. Yeah, I think everyone heard. I mean, we were by it, weren't we? But I think a lot of people heard it. Yeah. Um, but Clark, I mean, Clark. Afterwards, I asked him about it, and he said it just knocked some sense into him, jokingly. And he said he's absolutely <laughs> fine. But he did say Callum's had an excellent preseason, um, which he has. I'm really really pleased for him. He's done really really well. Yeah, good news. Good news that they're all right in the end. Um, what about the midfield, Joe? Are they ready? Are ready for League Two? Yeah, um, 
They're definitely ready um, in terms of, I mean, they're all players, you'd have to say, that could probably play a level up. Mm. They could all probably play in League One quite comfortably. Um, the worry, the only worry for me is creativity. Um, I don't know. If we're playing 3-5-2, I don't know if you need any defense, any defensive midfielders. Yeah. Um, certainly not sure you need, you need two. And you'd have to say that Kinsella and Sinclair... Their strongest, the strongest part of their game is is defensively. I mean, yeah. Sinclair's just gets everywhere and and breaks up play so well. And, and Liam Kinsella, I don't know if I've ever seen a player time his challenges better. He's, mm. his t- the timing of his challenges is just beautiful. He just always gets something on the ball. Um, it's so impressive um, how he does it. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, you've got if you're playing three centre backs and two defensive midfielders. There's five players there who are... Defensive-minded like, defensive players. Defensive-minded, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Um, so I don't know I don't know if we need a bit more creativity there. That would be my worry. Um, but definitely, in terms of the players we've got... Oh, sorry, I keep doing that. You love making um, noise on this podcast, don't you? Um, yeah, I think we're all right. Yeah, that's good. Okay, this is a big one then. What about front attack? No, we need players. Desperately. Desperately need players. Um... Desperately. Um, so who have we got, really? We've got Josh Gordon, Elijah Adebayo, Morgan Ferrier, Mitch Candlin. So Mitch Candlin's still very young. Mm. Um, like we're, He's hoping for sort of a place on the bench this season, isn't he? He's hoping yeah. to be in and around it, competing for a spot, but maybe coming on in games, last 20 minutes. Morgan, we don't know what's going on there. I mean, he was involved last night. Bit of a surprise to see him involved. Yeah. Um, didn't really do anything in the game, but then can you blame him? Like it was Villa, we didn't really attack. Did we? Yeah, there was there was the odd burst forward, but I mean, you, you're going up against the likes of Bjorn Engels and Tyrone Mings. Yeah, they were pretty comfortable, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Josh Gordon and Adebayo, I really, I really, really like them both. I've got a little worry with them as a pairing, if I'm being honest. In terms of, I think. A, both of them do a lot of their best work outside the box. Yeah. Adebayo is a real handful in terms of dropping deep, picking the ball up, surging at defenders. He can beat his man. He's good in the air. I mean, he looks a very, very complete player. Um, <clears throat> he just needs to be consistent and, and like get amongst the goals. Yeah. But he drifts wide a lot and he does do it. He, he likes to create. He does like to create. Um, and Josh Gordon, of course, we know how hard he works. I mean, my God, for a team that's going to want to press, he is perfect because he will. He won't give anyone a moment's peace. I'm just, I'm absolutely delighted we got them both, and I think they're both going to be massive players for us. My worry is, do both of them do their best work outside the box? They're very, very good players. Mm. Just need a goal poacher. But you think? we need, yeah. But we, need, I'd like someone. We're going to sign another striker. And I think that striker needs to be like a, not a fox in the box, but just like a, someone who spends more time in the box. An Andy Cook type, a Tom Bradshaw type. Um, <clears throat> do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, someone someone who's just right place, right time kind of. Yeah, not, not who does all their work in the six yard box, not one of them, not, but like just someone who can mix it up a little bit, but who... Who strike? Who if if the wing backs bomb down the line, or if we're playing wingers, whoever who they know is always going to be in in there in that box, causing havoc and winning knockdowns and 
Um, that's what I think. We need more options up front. Mm. We desperately need more options up front. Do you reckon they'll they'll manage to get that that person? Yeah, whoever I mean, it may be. Clark admitted last night again, like it's, it's close. I'll put out tomorrow probably, but he admitted that the the striker he signs is going to be a very key player mm. for the for next season. So. Whoever it is, I mean, obviously he's got a long list of targets, so he thinks he can do it, and he's just waiting to get it done. But yeah, they they, they have to bring in a striker. They have to bring in a striker because Candlin is very young. We just don't know where Morgan's head is. We just and the truth is, can we rely on Morgan Ferrier? He hasn't shown that we can. Mm. Hopefully, he does get his mind right, and he's and he shows he wants to stay in over. But history suggests he hasn't shown that in the past. So as it stands, the only sort of two players we've got. Are, you would say are good enough for Gordon and Adebayo. Yeah. Um, this is a question which I thought was interesting. Is, is League 2 that much different to League 1? I don't think so. No. Um, <clears throat> there's no big hitter, is there? There's no. no Sunderland. There's no, um, there's no Ipswich. Um, there's no... Trying to think of anyone else, if it, who would you classify? Pompey, maybe. Pompey, yeah, Pom- Pompey, yeah, that would be hitter. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's, there's no big name. Um, but I think the standard of football won't be much different. Mm. I think that everyone who's come up um, will fancy themselves next season. Very few teams come up from League Two and struggle. Yeah. Um, so I think I think like I mean I think Lincoln all they'll fancy the chances of being in the, in the promotion push in League One. So yeah, and I said it a million times before. You look at teams that have gone down; they they tend to there's no guarantee they'll bounce straight back up again from mm. League Two. So I think I think that I've said it a million times, but I think there's Premier League and there's Premier League B now, and that's the Championship. Those two leagues are gone. Yeah, they're gone, and and within those leagues, teams have gone. The diff- Villa were outstanding last night, incredibly. They're not a patch on Chelsea, Tottenham, Man no. United. It's mad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I said last year, I saw Stoke at the Banks. Oh my God, they look like world beaters. I mean, they had Bojan and Afalai, ex-Barcelona players, absolutely tearing it out. The Fobi looked absolutely incredible. They were a different league to us. I mean, obviously they were a different league to us, but they, they were incredible. They finished where in the championship? Like 13th, 14th. Exactly, absolutely nowhere. Um, <clears throat> like Premier League, Premier League B, they've gone. They've all gone. Um, it's really, really hard, I think, to go up and establish yourself in the championship and to make that, that gap. And then I think everything else is closing in from League One to League Two, National League, even. I think there's probably a bit of a gap to National North and South. Yeah. Um, but I think those three leagues now, there's very, very little between them. Um, we've seen teams go straight through. Daryl Clark did it with Bristol Rovers, conference to League One. Tranmere have done it last year, um, so I think everything everything is closing up definitely. Mm. Where are you most looking forward to going <clears throat> this season? Um, Bradford, obviously not. <laughs> Why Do you didn't even? Did you... about the last one? Because I said Salford, and I can't say Salford properly. Someone's asked about that. Salford, right? Salford. Have I said it? Properly? I think it's Salford, right? Salford. Maybe I asked you before, mate. Maybe I asked you at the end of last season. Yeah. Have you changed your mind? No, I know. Everyone, I know a lot of people don't like Salford, but I'll go there. Oh, people don't like the money, do they? No, don't like the money. Oh. Um. And yeah, I don't know where else. Not be interesting. It'll be interesting. More grounds yeah. to cover. More grounds. <clears throat> um. Okay. Well, who who were you most worried about then? 
in League Two. Well, as in like competition? Yeah. Well, so should I just predict who I think are going to do well? Well, I was going to get onto predictions, but we can do that. Top, top, top three. Uh, top three. Top three, and I tell you what, give me a winner. I think so. <clears throat> there's a lad called Gab Sutton who lives in the West Midlands. He works for a, um, he's a freelance sort of sports writer. He does. He set up a, a blog called the Football Lab. I think it's called. He's very, very. He's like an EFL pundit. He's very, very, very knowledgeable. Um, the EFL, he's put his predictions out, and I have to say, there's a lot I agree with and there's a lot I disagree with. But in terms of at the top, Walsall tenth, sixteenth, he had them sixteenth, which I completely disagree with. Um, I think we'll be, I if I, I think we'll be, I think we'll finish anywhere between fifth and about ninth. Um, but I think we'll probably just make the playoffs. Oh, scrape the playoffs. Scrape the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> um, hopefully we won't scrape it. I think we'll finish in the playoffs, but I think I think Mansfield. And my tip to win it. Okay. Um, based on the fact they've got Nicky Maynard and Andy Cook up front. Um, it's not bad, is it? Who are just absolute goal machines. Um, the pair of them. I mean, Cook is going to score 20 goals for them. Nicky Maynard's going to score 20 goals for them. Like, they're going to score a hell of a lot of goals. Mm. Um, and they've got a decent defence as well. So I think Mansfield for me, I think Bradford are going to be strong. Gary Bowyer is too good a manager to be in League 2 yeah um, far far too good and I think James Vaughan and Clayton Donaldson they're old they are old um, but I just think they will have the quality to score goals yeah um, <clears throat> do you reckon that's what it's about in this league scoring yeah well yeah keeping clean sheets and def- yeah I mean the- I mean, yeah, if you're scoring goals and keeping clean sheets you're, you're going to win right. games you're aren't you right, yeah. you're doing alright then <laughs> but yeah I think a lot of teams won't keep clean clean sheets you see yeah 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 That's the, the defending at this level it's not great that defenders are playing at this level because they've got a mistake and they will they will switch off at some point they will give the ball away that's the, just the nature of the beast really of the yeah. two football so teams will score goals all team, all the teams will score goals so if you've got a tight defence but that's why I do think we'll swim a real shot because I do think I do think in James Clark Dan Scar and Matt Sadler they've got a cracking back three there I really do um, so yeah, I think I think Mansfield are going to be strong. I think Bradford are going to be strong. I think Dark Horse is a crew because they took I think from Christmas onwards they took the most points in League Two last season. Took a hell of a lot of points. Um, seems to be quite steady. Seems to be quite steady there now. So I think they'll do well. Forest Green Rovers. I really really like Mark Cooper. Looking forward to some um, uh, some green food. I'm not looking forward to that at all, no. No? No, I'm not into this vegan thing, I think it's ridiculous. Sorry oh. to any vegan listeners, but have a burger. Oh um, dear. I just don't know. Too far, too extreme, too the, extreme. The Generation X listeners won't be, won't be thrilled about that. I won't be happy with that. One of my best mates has gone vegan, he went, a couple, went vegan a couple of years ago, and he swears by it, but... You always you always see like athletes now preaching veganism, don't you? Yeah. And they say, "Oh, it gets me in great shape." I know one athlete, one professional sports person who who went vegan and lost so much weight that he had to stop going vegan because he was like, it was working too much. Yeah. He lost too much weight. It's not for me. I mean, I love I love a burger and I love a sausage and I love a barbecue. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I couldn't. Part of me part of me thinks I couldn't do it, but I don't know, like. Vegan. I have a bowl of cereal. What? What do I have? Like this? What is it? Soy milk or some different yeah, kind of yeah, milk? It's almond extreme, milk, isn't it? 
It's like having another milk in your tea. Oh. Like, you can't imagine that. Well, I wouldn't know. I never get a cup of tea. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> but you need milk, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. milk. You can't have, like, chocolate because it's got milk in it. I know, you can't, yeah. I mean, come And on. you've got to be so careful where you eat. I just can't, I can't do it. Can't even have a pizza if it's got cheese on it. Yeah, I know. It's not worth it. You've got to live your life at the end of the day. I kind of, I get the it. Food's a big part of it. I get it more if you're um, a professional athlete because your career's what? 20 mm. years? Yeah. So you say, well, I'll do it for 20 years. I'll make myself in, in the peak performance area for that. And then afterwards, I'll just go off the trolley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go out and I'll eat whatever I want. Yeah, I suppose that's why you see a lot of footballers put on put on the pounds after. Yeah, you would though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, you gotta live your life at some point, ain't you? Not for me. No. It's not for me. Well, okay. Who's who's gonna finish in the playoffs for you? Uh, blimey, maybe do all those predictions. Yeah, why not? After this, I'm I'm only asking you who's getting relegated. Um. So I've got the top three of Mansfield, Bradford, and. Forest Green Rovers. Forest Green. And then okay. I'll go... I don't know, I don't know. You, so, so... Did you mention Crew? Yeah, I'll have Crew in the play. I'll just do four playoff teams then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have Crew, I'll have us. I'll oh, have... yeah, you will. Um, of course I will. And... I'm struggling here, mate, to be honest. You're struggling? I don't... I don't I'd probably Plymouth... They've got signed Danny Mayer, haven't they, from Bury, who's probably the best player in the division. Um, Plymouth. Uh, look at that. Help me out. See, I, sw- I could have sworn he went for 10th. For, for Swindon. Swindon. Hometown Swindon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, I'm Northampton have made some good signings, actually. Um, interestingly, I don't think Scunthorpe are going to do it. From what we're hearing, they're, um, I think they've got the, one of the best managers in Paul Hurst, but yeah. apparently it's a bit of disarray behind the scenes there from what we're hearing, so um, I don't think they'll do very well. But yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go for that. All right, okay. Not and Salford, interestingly. Not Salford? No, I think they'll find... No. They won't walk it? No, maybe they will make the playoffs, though, I don't know. I don't know. You never it's know. It's hard to predict that. It's a league of, like... Much of a muchness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think I do think we'll be okay, and I do think we'll make playoffs. How many teams do you realistically think could challenge for them playoffs? Oh, uh, like probably like fifteen. Fifteen out of twenty-four. Probably, yeah. <sighs> it's a lot of competition. All it's right. going to be one of them where if you're fourteenth in March, you've still got a chance. You reckon it'll be like last season in League One, where it was just like ridiculously. That's the way it is now. They're all, they're all, all the teams are much, much less. They really are. Anyone can beat anyone. Because it was just super congested last year, wasn't it? Yeah, that's where you got really a win good. and you jumped up like eight places. Yeah, it'll be like that. Yeah, oh. it'll definitely be like that. Well, that'll be interesting. All right, who have you got going down then? Bottom two. Uh, Carlisle. Oh, I tell you what, I don't fancy a trip to Carlisle. No, it's not as bad as people make out. Oh, it's far though. It's right by a train station. Oh, that's lovely. How long's the train journey? Oh, you just chill out, don't you? Sit back, enjoy it. I don't know. I don't know what trains you're getting on, mate. Just chill out. I ride the train pretty much every day. It's, it's, oh yeah, that's, yeah that's, it makes it's, a difference. It's not fun. Carlisle and I think Macclesfield. 
You reckon? Yeah, Kostal Kondal can't do it again. I mean, he's done amazingly well there, but I mean, it's a miracle keeping them up. Um, I mean, someone had to give him a job. And, he, and he's done damn well. And he's done bloody brilliant. Yeah, pretty sure he applied for the Walsall job when um, when Whitney left. Ah. Um, but yeah, obviously the one in Keats. That went well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, sorry, Dean, if you're listening. By the way, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it to be that bad. Um, okay, uh, I've got one little segment before we get onto uh, listener questions. Uh, it's called "It's Only Preseason," but um, basically, I'm going to make an outlandish statement and proceed it with that saying. So I've legitimized it, and you're going to give me comments on it. Okay. Okay. It's only preseason, but Elijah Adebayo will score 15 goals this year. Do you agree? Uh, 10 to 15 I agree do you reckon he'll score more than 15 I don't know no probably not more first season really where he's going to be like a main man he's still very young um, I thought he put himself really, about really, yesterday I'm quite really, really excited by him really really excited by him uh, it's a bit of a myth you know that like if you get 15, 16 goals a season that's a very very good season for a strike everyone bangs on oh message oh Thompson's dear uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> oh. Let's put this on. Uh, Silent. Someone text him saying, when's the next episode of The Best Got Beat Up? Oh, really? Yeah, we're doing it now. Oh, uh, well. Former Walsall press officer, Ash Wilkinson. He'll, oh, love, he'll love that shot. He, he can't uh, wait for it, can he? He can't wait for can't it. Can't give it up, can he? He's moved to Burton, can't give it up. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, I think it's a bit, a bit, everyone goes a bit mad about the number 20. Like, everyone's like, oh, 20 goal a season striker, blah, blah, blah. But I think 15, 16 is a very, very, very good, very good um, return. Um, what, one in three goals, that, one in basically. Three, exactly, yeah. So, you can't ask more than that, really. So, I think Elijah, hopefully, will get around that mark. That'd be decent. Decent return. I thought he put himself about quite well He's yesterday. He's a good player. He's a good player. I mean, he was, he wasn't, old, he didn't really seem like a pre-season game for him the way he's shoving people over at one point. Yeah, good for him though. Yeah, good for him, yeah. get himself a bow. He's going up against the Premier League team. Why not? Why yeah. not leave one on? As long as you're not hurting anyone. He's got he's got points for him. And he he said in the, when I spoke to him in Poland, he was like, "This is a, this is a big move for him. He's, he's no like he's always been out on loan. He always he admitted himself he'd always had that safety net of being able to go back to Fulham. Mm. And he hasn't got it anymore. Um, he is a Walsall player. He's signed a permanent deal. He's got a." He's got to start proving himself because I think everyone can see. He'll know that ability-wise, it's there. He's just—it's just the case now of going out and actually delivering. So big, mm. big year for him. Yeah, it's only pre-season, but uh, Mr. Sinclair will score at least three screamers this year. Three screamers. Three yeah. screamers. Does last night count as a screamer. Doesn't count this season though because it's pre-season. Yeah, but that's the type of goal. That yeah, 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 um, yeah. What, okay. One, one way you go. Blimey, that was a good goal. That was a good goal. Um, yeah. And I don't mean where it's a nice little build-up before and he gets a tap-in at the end. It's got, to, it's got to be at least... Maybe scream is a bit much, but um, it's got to be at least 18 yards out. Yeah, I think it, he'll get that. No keeper mistakes. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm that. not having that. No, it's got to be like last night and go, oh, that's a good finish, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, three, yeah, definitely. Do you reckon you could get five? Mm, that's a big ask. Three. three. Three's fair. Three's fair. It's only pre-season, but Morgan Ferrier will score 10 goals this year. For Walsall. I should have added that in, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. For Walsall. Mm, don't see it. Don't see it, no. For another club. <sighs> Depends what league he goes to, I suppose, but 
I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to stay. I do, I do think he's going to stay. Um, so do you reckon there's a market for him? But I think he'll be... I don't know anymore. I don't... I, need, I, I don't... I don't know what people will be buying based on his time at Walsall. Mm. Um, I, so I think, I think we will sign another striker. I think he'll be fourth choice. And I think Camden will put him under pressure to be fourth choice. Interesting. Um, and then... So I don't, I don't see him getting 10 goals, no. Dan Scar will boot at least 30 <laughs> balls outside of the Banks' this season. At least 30 balls outside of the Banks'. They go, they go over the terrace. No, he won't. He won't. He won't do, 30, he won't do five. Because he's like... Because he's a centre-back, so he doesn't get anywhere near the goal, does he? Yeah, I mean clearances <laughs> for, from like a corner yeah. or something. No. He won't clear the Banks', but he will... There was a big cheer when they got cleared last yeah last night. There was one. He will. Was that about the stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that was. What the big cheer was about because another ball came from and the. That was uh, for Dan Scar, was that? It wasn't Dan Scar, I don't think. Uh, um, I can't remember who it was, but I remember Villa, Villa had a chance, and it got cleared to about twenty yards. And I honest to God, I can't recall which Walsall player it was, but he was having none of it. He was like, "Get <laughs> get rid of this! <laughs> I'm getting rid of it." Yeah. And it went, it went up and over the, the stand into the car park somewhere. Yeah. I mean, when Dan Scar signed, he described himself as a no-nonsense defender, and he is a no-nonsense defender. Um, but not that no-nonsense. No. I mean, there, I, I doubt a game will pass where Dan Scar smashes it out of play. Um, yeah, because, I mean, when I said... When I was thinking about this question. I was like, I've got to put outside the ground, because if... The amount of times a defender will nod it into the into the fans nearby, or I mean, he doesn't tend to nod it; he tends to absolutely <laughs> pile drive it into, <laughs> into into the fans. It's like he's aiming for someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought why not? Be yeah, not bit. out of the ground, but yeah, we know what you're saying. Have you Have you ever had one hit you in the press box? No, I haven't actually. I always like want to do. I'd want to do a header back. I would. No, I've always thought that, but I've, I've always second thought it. Like, what if someone just tries to reach up at the last minute and like fingertips it, and it ends up like hitting me in the face or something? I'd feel like a right idiot. Yeah, then. you would feel like an idiot. Then. No, never had it. Never, never got it to me. The opportunity could still happen. Yeah, don't worry. Got happen this season. Okay, um, it's only pre-season, but Warsaw will be in promotion contention in January. Yeah, of course we will. I think we're, I do think. On that, I do think there's a chance we won't start amazingly well. Mm. Um, like it is going to take time. Clark said something interesting last night. Like the club has had a losing mentality, and and it has. Like we, we've battled relegation or been relegated the last two years. Um, so that is that was a fair comment. Um, and you don't turn things around overnight. But that said, it is a completely new group of players. It is very much a fresh start. I do think they will take a bit more time to gel. I think they've looked very, very organised in pre-season. I think there's loads of positive signs there. I think Clark's doing really well, but the difference between a friendly and a competitive game is massive mm. um, when there are points at stake. So I think... I wouldn't surprise me if we were slow burners, um, but I think by January we'll be in the mix, um, partly because, like I said earlier, if you're 14th, you're going to be in the mix. Mm. Um, 
but hopefully it won't be that low. But I, I do think I think if we don't like have a blister in August, there's no need to panic. Yeah, I think we will get stronger and stronger. It's only pre-season, but Walsall will be promoted. Am I saying yes or no to that? You can say what you want to it. I, I really think we'll be in the playoffs. I mean, then it, playoffs are a big bugbear of mine. How fans look at them as success. Yeah. Like, because they're not, uh, like speaking as an Ipswich fan, there was a time when we got in the playoffs quite consistently mm. in, the, in the championship, and we, and we lost them. Um, and it's weird. You like if you get into the playoffs, at best. You've got a twenty-five percent chance of going up. Yeah. It's not success. You've literally achieved nothing. You've just got a twenty. Your only prize is a twenty-five percent shot at promotion, which is rubbish odds, isn't it? One in four. Like it's unlikely. Depends what you're um, talking about in terms of them odds, mate. What if you've got a one in four chance of winning the lottery, you are taking it. <laughs> yeah, you are. But people, I think there's a weird thing in football where fans are desperate, desperate to finish in the playoffs, and they think that's success. And obviously. It means you've had a decent year and you're high at the table, but the whole point is to go up. Mm. And the chances are, if you finish in the playoffs, you won't go up. Um, but people seen the, seen the playoffs as really successful. So will we go up? I don't know. Oh, how can you say? I don't know. But I really, I really hope we're in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think I'd take that. I think I'd take playoffs. You definitely take playoffs. You've got to take playoffs with everything that's happened mm. um, over the last few years. All right, okay. Shall we get on to questions? Yeah. All right, okay. Thanks again for everyone who's um, yeah, dropped a comment or a question uh, on Joe's tweet. Uh, the first one comes from Michael Beardmore, friend of the podcast, Michael Beardmore. Yeah, he's not uh, coming back on now. Oh, oh. oh. Um, did your heart skip a beat at seeing Dean Smith back in the Walsall dugout? And did the Villa press officers let him talk to the Walsall media? Dean Smith did no press last night. I know, Matt Mayer was not happy. He was not happy. Um, is it Callum O'Hare? Yeah, they they got fringe player Callum O'Hare. Yeah, he wasn't. Pleased. Who played a grand total of what twenty two minutes? Yeah, with his Jack Grealish haircut. He um, he does want to be Jack Grealish, doesn't he? Yeah, kind of. We all do. Um, he is cool, Jack Grealish. Um, yeah, I mean, I, oh, I mean, what can I say? About Dean Smith, I've not said before. It was nice to see him. It was lovely to see him. Didn't get to speak to him, but he was in. He saw, yeah, he looked very cool to me last night, Dean Smith. Just yeah, he was. He, I mean, Daryl Clark was on his haunches at points, and uh, Dean Smith was sat next to him, just just, sort of just, just relaxing, wasn't it, he? Didn't they? Just watched it, his team, and yeah, very, very chill. Nice to see Neil Cutler as well. Yeah, I think he probably should be the next James Bond. He is that strapping a man. Mm. Um, He's someone you wouldn't want to get into a fight with. <laughs> no, Big no. lad. We talk about that on uh, one pod beyond podcast. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How hard Neil Cutler. <laughs> He does look rock solid. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to get into a scrap with him. In fact, there were a couple of players yesterday as well. I thought that about. Um, he's a really, really nice guy. Now, cut that. Like, I don't know if he's sure he is. All, but he's, um, yeah, people do seem to think he's like some sort of um, heavyweight. Um, but, yeah. Is there any like, who in the Warsaw squad would you not want to get into a scrap with? Uh, I wouldn't fancy Elijah Adebayo. You know, I wouldn't fancy Scott Sinclair. The beard, that's the beard though. You don't know what he's thinking. Uh, you can't tell his facial expression. No. Like, he's and he's a, got a scare, his eyes are kind of scary. He's got a lot of hair on his face, he's got long hair and a big beard. And like, you couldn't tell if he was like literally just about to finish you, I reckon. Mm. He could just be on the brink and you wouldn't know. It'd be too late. Yeah. You'd be down. Um, yeah, I reckon. There could have been some, I mean, if in a proper game, if there were some handbags, you had Wesley... 
Adebayo, you had Sinclair, you had Torren Mings as well. Yeah, Mings, I reckon Mings could be a nutter. I mean, I mean, he seems. Have you ever heard him speak? He seems really eloquent, really, yeah, really nice guy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think he used to be a mortgage broker before he was a professional <laughs> yeah, footballer, which is strange. Uh, and then, it, I mean, in goal, you had Lovre Kalinic, who was six foot seven. Yeah, he's not great, though, is he? Mm. I didn't think he looked great last night. No, I wasn't sold on him. Um, I've never been completely sold on him. But yeah, yeah, go with that. Yeah, there we go. Um, the Sadler side ask. I know it's not to do with League Two. But I would like to know what your six-a-side team would be if you had to pick one from all the Walsall players you've seen play for Walsall since you started reporting for us. We've done this before, I think. What, the six-a-side? We, we might have done five-a-side. I mean, um, well, who was it? I'll do it very quickly, then. In goal. Efridge, obviously. Yeah. So if you're playing six-a-side, what do you want? Like a two... Do you want two... Two-two-one. Two, two, so you so you've one. got one in goal and then yeah. you've got two defenders, two midfielders, one striker. Okay. So I'd have James O'Connor. Of course you would. And um it's a cop out it is who I'd actually have. It is a cop out really. Why? Because he was only with us for like four games. The Maru's there. Matthew Pennington, who I thought was absolutely class. Mm. Um, but yeah, but I reckon like I reckon like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go I'm just gonna go absolutely balls. I'm going James Clark. Okay. I mean that's a massive statement. You've only seen him in preseason. Only seen him in preseason friendlies, but he's rapidly he's rapid. He's so quick. He's so much quicker than you expect, and he's just so. I mean, no one's getting past James O'Connor and James Clark. Quality. Mm. Midfield two, Sawyer's and Oz Tuma, just ripping it up. Yeah. Absolutely ripping it up. Oh, no yeah, one can get yeah. near them, let's be honest. And then Bradshaw's finishing it all off. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 mean, mop, he's mopping up in front, isn't he? Un- unlucky Tyler Roberts there. Very, very unlucky. He's probably the best player I've seen, really. Mm. Um, like, he is, I mean, he, he was class. Um, but yeah, they're my custom team. That's decent. Bit of a shout for James Clark there, based on it's the a big claim. But I would but... only go Matthew Pennington, really. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm throwing him on the new boys. Who's managing them? Dean Smith's managing, obviously. Okay, <laughs> I'll let you have it. Um, Kev YJ, on a day like today, what is your go-to ice lolly? Um, this is a tough one for me, you know. I love a fruit pastel lolly, you know. That was going to be mine. No that way. Was going to be mine. Yeah, yeah. I love a fruit pastel fruit lolly. Fruit pastel lollies are um, immense. The yeah. blackcurrant bit at the top is the best. All of it, it's an elite lolly. It is an elite lolly, I agree. This is the issue. When it's as hot as today, 34 degrees, I think it was when I last checked on my phone. Yeah. It's too hot for an ice cream, I think. Because ice creams just melt instantly. I do love an ice cream. Though. I, I like them. Like a ninety nine, which is now two pound fifty. Ridiculous, by the way. That uh, is. I know. I bought my little girl one the other day. Two pound fifty. You have to queue forever at a bloody ice cream truck to get one of them as well. They accepted my card as well. An ice cream truck. Yeah. Oh, fair play. Um, but yeah, they just melt instantly though. Yeah. I used to love them, but like, you know what I do enjoy? I enjoy a feast, and I enjoy a cornetto as well. Well, then they would be down my list. Really? Yeah. But a fruit pastel lolly is... Fruit pastel lolly is top. Did, um, did you ever have them double lollies? Where it's got like two sticks in it and you'd snap it in half? No. Ah. Oh. 
I'm sure I'm sure I asked someone else that question. They hadn't heard of them before. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> we had this thing a couple of months ago on the desk where I'd never heard of a knobbly bobbly. A what? Is a knobbly bobbly? Someone commented that. Someone said knobbly bobbly. Richie Gray, knobbly bobbly. Knobbly bobbly, yeah. What well, is it? It's a fab. It's what I used to call oh, a fab. fab. That was where you had the hundreds and thousands of the yeah, top, yeah, yeah, yeah. a white bit and a red bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's just a fab. Yeah, but a lot of people around here call them knobbly bobbly. <laughs> oh, that's like, um, you know them freeze pop things you'd have? Where you could buy them in the newsagent, so these long, like, frozen flavoured things, which were like, I don't know, 30p at the time, they're probably like two quid now. Or you could buy them in like a liquid form, put them in your freezer, and then they would freeze. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right? That's not, is that knobbly bobbly? No, no, no. People have loads of debates because some people call them a Mr. Freeze and some people call them a Tip Top. I call them an Ice Pop. An Ice Pop? Yeah, that's what I used to call them, yeah. That's, this is like the whole airflow floater debate. I don't know what that is. Do you know like a football, like the cheap ones you get from the pound shop? Oh, yeah. What were they called to you? Oh, floaters, yeah. Yeah, we used to call them an airflow. Oh, right, no, they were a floater. I'll tell you what, you can get some swaz on them. <laughs> yeah, crap the play with Terrible if you're a goalkeeper. Um, you're so fruit pastels. Fruit pastel ice, are they? And I had another one. Oh, twisters. Oh, I'm not a biggest fan of a twister. Oh, really? Like nah. taking out the ice cream in between the lime bit and then oh, being just left with the strawberry bit. So much effort. Oh, the lion enjoyed that. Well. Yeah. Good, good ice, Lollies. I'm, I'm a fan of a screwball as well. Yeah. Um, although the chewing gum at the bottom is an absolute waste of time. You get it and you chew it and it's gone. Like, it's not yeah. even like a proper chewing gum, is it? Um, right, Andy Wright, uh, your article a few days ago was about Clark wanting three or four more signings. Who are they? Do you know if they're imminent? imminent sorry. Are there any further returning trialists? If you haven't got any info, which positions do you think Clark wants to fill or cover? So we've all kind of touched on this, but very, very quickly. Don't know who they are. Yes, they are imminent. Very, very imminent. We think very, very, very close. Go back up, sorry, dude, what was the thing? Uh, what positions do you think Clark wants? Well, he actually, very kindly, in the interview last night, listed the positions he wants, which is going to be my story tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, like, I can't remember exactly what he said, unfortunately, so you have to wait till the morning for that. But he did, amongst them, were a striker, a left-sided centre-back. Mm. Um, he does. He wants competition and cover for Matt Sadler. Um, so... But you will get a proper answer to that in the morning. All right. Well, wait for the morning for that one. Uh, Callum Thomas, if Ferrier stays, does that mean Clark will no longer be interested in signing another striker? No, he will definitely sign a striker. Miles Drake, how many weeks into the season until Joe Nell's correct pronunciation of Salford? Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, right. Jonathan Wright, is it your understanding that any of the new signings are longer than? A one-year contract. So I've replied to that saying, well, what a question, because I always love that. It's my understanding um, <laughs> thing. Uh, I, I, the God's honest truth is, I don't know um, what the length of the deals is. It is a bit frustrating. What we can assume is James Clark has got longer than a one-year deal mm-hmm. because he was offered two years at Bristol Rovers and turned it down. Yeah. Um, so you'd assume he would get at least that. Yeah, and he's 29 I think so he's signed a deal really for the next he's got no need to sign a one year deal Mm. other than that it's Daryl Clark's policy not to disclose contract lengths bizarrely I think Villa have followed soon that's what I was hearing last night 
What's that? Villa signing one of your deals? No, Villa have stopped announcing. Um, oh yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't been. They haven't been doing that. Um, so it's almost like Villa have looked at what Wolves have been doing and gone, "Oh, that's a good idea. We're mm. going to stop doing that." Um, I think it's definitely Daryl Clark was the first manager to decide on that. So honestly, don't know. Honestly, don't know. And I think, like speaking to people, I think no one seems to know really how long these players have got. Um, Kinsella said. Kinsella said in his interview, he'd signed for a couple of years. Um, mm. So he gave that away. Um, also, are actually ringing me now. Oh, what do we do? Do we pause this and ring them back? Oh no, you 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 can answer them if you want. Definitely, definitely can't. Should we wrap up a few more questions? Then? All right, okay, uh, let's do back. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, um, if Stu Lockley asks if we were only going to sign one more player, which position is most desperate? Striker, absolutely. All right, that was a quick answer. Uh, Pierre Sadler. From what you have seen, what are the key differences between Keats and Clark? It's an interesting question. That is, a, that is a, an interesting question. Um, I think training is very, very, very different under Clark. I think um, the players are being tested an awful lot more. Mm. And I think because they're being tested a lot more, they are enjoying it a lot more, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I think training is very, very, very different. The... the, the, the the consensus from what I gather from Poland just that having a little bit more access was the players are really buying into Clark and mm. his methods and really really enjoying playing under him um, it's very 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 high standard of training um, <clears throat> so I think that's the big one really I think Clark absolutely nails that mm. um, and to be honest I think we've seen it in pre-season I do think and I'm repeating myself but I do think we look organised I think we look really I think he's making them work a lot longer as well. <clears throat> I think yeah. Keats was, uh, like, I mean, I don't know how many double sessions he did, really. I think with Clark, there's double and triple sessions. Um, I think the players are spending a lot more time working on things on the training ground. So I just think Clark is a lot more intense than Keats. Yeah. Um, yeah, must, yeah, I don't want to go into any more than that, really. I still, still really like Dean Keats. Mm. Uh, Henry Wilkes are you a fan of the new 3-5-2 formation I can answer that already by Joe's side yes he is a big fan of it yeah. uh, he loves a 3-5-2 personally I think against Villa we had no width and all three midfielders were sitting too deep maybe we need to be after some wingers or an attacking midfielders to, sol- to solve that problem I think 3-5-2 I've always said that if I was a manager that's what I play it's what I play on football manager but <clears throat> there is a danger with it that 3-5-2 becomes 5 at the back um, and you're pegged back and you, 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 on, you are on the back foot it can be very easily done in a 4-3-3 which Villa played last night but Villa have got such good players mm. um, they've been honing that 4-3-3 ever since Smith came in yeah um, I do think I think 3-5-2 is personally the way to go but obviously you've got a plan B and plan C um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't read into that formation against Villa to be mm. honest it wouldn't matter what formation we played we probably would have lost five one. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, yeah. I think it's best to assess that. I think. I think. I spoke to Joe Edwards about it, and he says in League One and League Two, you basically need three men in the middle of the park. Mm. Um, you have to have three in there, whether that's three five two, four three three, four five one. I think. Uh, unfortunately, I think the four four two is dying out a little bit. 
Yeah, um, not many not many people are playing that nowadays. Um, and if you do play, you've got to have really, really, really good wingers. Mm. Really good wingers. Um, which are very, very hard to find at League 1 or League 2 level. I think Shrewsbury under Paul House, when they almost went up, they switched between a 4-4-2 and a 4-5-1. It was 4-5-1 a lot. Yeah. Um, but they had Alex Robin on one side, who is very, very good, and Sean Worley. Um, well, Alex Robin was very, very good that year, we should say. And then Sean Worley, I mean, it's probably Shrewsbury's best player still today. So I think he, if you're going to go 4-4-2, you absolutely have to have two belting wingers. Mm. Um, so I think you have to have three in the middle. I think it's 3-5-2 or 4-3-3 three, now for a lot of League yeah. 1, League 2 clubs. For me, you go 3-5-2, but both options yeah Nick Etheridge um, do you think we have a stronger squad in comparison to last seasons how do you think the current crop would have fared in League 1 last year see it's interesting that because I think actually we might be stronger with, with the exception if we had Andy Cook still yeah I definitely think we were stronger I'd agree with you um, if we had um, but we haven't so the goals are an issue Um <clears throat> It's weird because I actually think we were talking about how close the leagues are earlier mm. and I think it's fair to say I think there's a good you can't guarantee this team will go up from League 2 Yeah, but I think you could be quite confident they'd stay up in League 1 It's so strange that is It's strange isn't it but getting up is such a hard thing to do getting over that line um, <clears throat> So yeah I, th- I, do, I, I think there's a lot of fans feeling like that are we actually stronger now than we were and I think there's a chance we are. I can really, really see that logic. Mm. But we need a striker. Need a striker. That's it. Is that it? That's it. We can find out what's going on. One hour of Walsall chat. Was it bang on an hour? Well, just over. I love that. Well, either way, that's your latest episode of The Best Got Beat. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who uh, listened to the first episode of this season. We had record numbers. It was really um, good to see that. Loads of comments about it. Um loads of emails as well um, which we haven't touched but we will we will read our emails um, so thanks again for that if you could um, review and rate the podcast on iTunes if you are listening by that medium then that would be brilliant as well um, but unless Joe you got anything else to add that about wraps it up no, I think better dash off mate alright that does it for another week another fortnight um, we'll be speaking to you after the start of the League 2 season Very so exciting. exciting times exciting times until then uh, bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Joe Massey. Bye.